And there's very many of us that very tragically are so shut down inside and are so bound up in the scheme of things that it's impossible for us to do a single thing that is not uh, commensurate to some kind of visceral external stimuli. For example, somebody offends us, we can get offended and we'll have a reaction. We want some kind of pleasure, we'll pursue the pleasure. We want to avoid some kind of pain, we'll do that. But anything at all outside of the, the brute scheme of nature, we're totally incapable of doing. And uh, it's a very, very sad situation like this, repeated endless hundreds of millions, billions of times, and what can we do? But some of us can find at least a little bit of motivation to do something genuine for ourselves, and that uh, we can discuss some things, practical things that we can in those situations do. So the first thing to say is that everything that we do, if we want it to be anything worth being, it has to be true. It has to be honest. It can't be self-serving. So for example, we understand that we start out entirely creaturely entirely vain entirely uh, into ourselves so whatever appeals to us then will not be um to to our highest benefit in all likelihood and that's the catch 22 because we want to improve ourselves but whatever we want to do chances are initially is not that uh, again will will uh, will not help us for example we're stuck in this animalistic uh, phase uh, and um we see, okay, I want to be better than somebody, so I'm going to join this group on the internet where I can know the, uh, the, secret, the secrets to productivity, and I'm going to be super productive, and who knows what, right? But then simply our vanity grows, and we're more inside of ourselves, so it's, 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 it's counterproductive, so it's very difficult to break through. We have to be like a little uh, chiclet maybe in a, in a shell, like a little baby chicken trying to break out of its shell. Uh, and to, to make that first crack. And when we do that, we can begin to continue, sorry, to, to peck away and hopefully eventually come out and walk around. But uh, first we have to take that first peck. So there we have to do something that's entirely against the grain of that vanity, of that animalism that's not at all self-serving, which again is very, very difficult to do. We can start out by having a desire to have a desire to do it, meaning we can't directly want it yet because it doesn't appeal to us, but we can on some level, we can grant, uh, again, those of us that are not entirely shut down like many of us are, we can grant that it would be good in principle for me to do something truly selfless, for me to do something truly genuine and honest. Uh, I want to want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to want to do it. And then we can try to find something like that. So for example, excuse me, we can um, uh, uh, we can find faults in ourselves, which is something we can't do in our, uh, in our animalistic phase of life. But again, not in this way. At first, I have this self-image. I'm a very uh, I'm a person that's very self-critical and self-knowledgeable, and I'm gonna that, that's not gonna work. So it has to be really from a, a spot uh, from a low place. Like we're really gonna find some some kind of fault where, where we don't have some kind of self-esteem upside. Like oh, look at me, I'm so self-knowledgeable. Like we really find something. We can try to, um, it, uh, we can try to do something for somebody else, but where we don't, where it's not going to come back to us in our view. For example, we're not going to say, "I hope you do something in return," or at least "quote unquote karma" or something. It's going to come back to me. Where we try to recognize the reality of another person and try to do something just for the sake of that person's reality. And the fact is, it's really going to hurt. 
for at, at first because it's going to be like throwing money down the toilet or throwing time and energy down the toilet. Meaning we understand we start off, we're living in our own kind of life dream where we're the real ones. Our character is the only real one. So to do something for somebody else, by definition, we need something, a cause that appeals to us in this lower context. So again, for example, I do something for you, you do something for me. I do something for you, I can bolster my image of being a kind, empathetic, caring person. I do something for you, I have faith that it'll come back to me. Somebody will eventually give me money or something like this. So we have this low state of mind. And if we consequently, if we somehow get ourselves to do something without having really thought through how it's going to get back to us, it's going to sting. It's like, oh my goodness, why did I just give that person money? It's such a waste. It's not going to even do anything for me. <laughs> it's going to be really rough, but we, we can try to do that by wanting to want it and uh, and kind of clenching down on, on, on our teeth. The so saying, just doing it and, and seeing how it feels. It's going to feel bad and then we can do it again. So something like that. We have to make a couple of little cracks uh, through the, the shell and uh, and go from there. But if we can do that and if we can nullify ourselves somewhat to where not everything that we do is simply fitting into our vanity and into our self-image, then we can begin some kind of proactive efforts. Because again, before that, everything we do simply degrades us. We we become a master at some kind of thing. Now we, we have more vanity. We become... Uh, you know, very good, or, or we acquire some wisdom or some knowledge. Now we're again, our, our ego has blown up. We think, oh, why is it such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because our, our goal is our highest good, right? Our goal is, is life. Our goal is real existence. Our goal is not to simply be in the miserable, wretched state that we're initially in. So consequently, it, it's not worth it to be good at something. It's not worth it to, uh, to, to, to do anything at all if it's just going to be more of a drawback again such as if we grow our animalism we grow our psychology we grow our vanity just not a good deal so that's why so anyhow but if we can do that we can discuss a couple of proactive things we can do so one thing we can do is we have to obviously um if we want to grow we have to grow our mind we have to grow uh, the the quality and the quantity of the ideas that we have the question is how do we do that it's very tough to do so one thing we can do is we can find um, certain um, uh, kind of first-rate works that that uh, the repository of our civilization has set aside throughout the ages, and we can uh, acquire them, and then we can, in humility and in loneliness, try to uh, uh, break our own uh, crooked intellect against these works. So, for example, we find a, a work of uh, thought that's considered to be very clear and that is difficult to understand. Excuse me, and then we set aside... Excuse me, let's say um, 15 minutes a day, start with five minutes, whatever it is a day where we're reading and, and then we're trying to understand the ideas line by line. We have our own opinions, we have our own conceptions, but here we're really trying to understand this difficult uh, first-rate work and that's the key. If it's something we got got off of uh, the, the recent best-selling list that appealed to us, we already know that's not, it's probably not going to work. So we have to find something that doesn't appeal to us at all, that, that we might think is dry, that we might think is is incomprehensible, but if it has that first-rate reputation that has stood the test of time, we can use it. So we, we do that and uh, we slowly try to advance our ability to think. We see that it rises with desire. If we don't have the desire for any kind of disinterested thought, we're incapable of it. We, we just can't do it. For example, we can be a very clever uh, business person, a very clever 
marketing person, a very clever anything, not to pick anything out. But then when we have to understand a single idea that doesn't directly relate to our self-interest, all of a sudden our mind shuts down. We can't do it. Why, 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 why does that mean? Well, so we have to work on that skill. We have to be able to think in a disinterested way where it's not always relating to me. Again, we talk to a person that is, is not working on him or herself it's literally impossible to make a point without relating it to the person. A person can only hear something that relates to him or herself. Oh, so this is how this makes me look or how it can make me feel or this is how uh, my this was my opinion. It's also what I thought and yada yada. I remember one time uh, <laughs> going to a, a lecture. So I believe it was a, a chemist and, and he gave a very technical uh, scientific uh, uh, talk and after waiting in line to ask questions, I heard the, the lady in front, uh, she said right away that, you know, I've no, I have no background in, in chemistry or in science. I had no idea what you said, but she made the point. What, what everything you said really resonated with me. I really agreed. I really felt like it was really right. And, and I also I also had those same thoughts. So that's how, we're, that's how we process things. It's like, okay, so this is conforming to my opinions, to my thoughts. It's making me smart. It's making me look good. So we have to be able to counteract that. So here, that's what we would do. We would try to one step at a time, try to master a line of, of this first-rate work uh, so, uh, in, in, in a disinterested way, where it's not relating back to me. It's not so that later I can post it on the, the internet and say, look how smart I am. It's not so I can even think that I'm smart. It's so that I can develop a human mind, which again, thinks in a in an impersonal objective to so say way. And that's for my higher good. It's not for no reason. It's for a reason. It's for my higher good, but it's not for my lower good, which is the vanity and and all that kind of stuff. So that's one thing that we can do. Another thing that we can do is we can take up some kind of uh, riddle, to so say, of existence, and we can try to work through it uh, as, as best as we can. We don't have to uh, become, you know, professional scientists or philosophers or scholars or something, but just at, at the, the time that we have, we can try to do that. So, for example, we can ask ourselves, um, confront some kind of issue. For example, maybe the issue of, of time or the issue of death or the issue of life um, or the issue of, uh, of society, something like this. And then we think about it, but again, not in the standard animalistic psychological way where what will ultimately make me look good based on my preferences, based on my nature, based on my desires and already opinions, but in an impersonal way. Let me be able to comment on something without relating it back to myself. And, and I can then begin to work through this riddle on a day-to-day -day basis. I can have something on my mind that I'm working on. For example, I want to understand some angle of human nature. Now I'm going to work, I'm at home, I'm in the street, I'm driving, and I'm thinking about this. How do I understand this? What, what, what's that an example of? What's that behavior an example of? How do I induce from these individual instances to form some kind of role? And then I need to confirm the role, but I can't be too... Uh, committed to that emotionally because then I won't see the exceptions to the rule. So we're having these thoughts in our mind. We're trying to work through something, but again, in the human way, in the impersonal way, not in the subjective way, uh, not in the selfish way. So that's something else we can do. Another thing we can do is we can, um, we can analyze uh, our character right? and we can find character traits that, that we need to work on. Again, we're going to not to say too many times, but it really should be said too many times because it's super important in the impersonal way, not in a way where we think I'm very 
self-knowledgeable person like we said and now I'm going to self-knowledgeize myself and no we have to in a lowly way the objectively speaking we have to say okay I have this character trait uh, I, uh, I'm very uh, greedy I'm very impulsive I'm very I get very angry easily and then we analyze it and we begin to again work through it on a day-to-day -day basis here's when I did this let me note it in my notes on my phone or in my note notebook if I carry that around for some reason or my computer I'm gonna note it I'm gonna think about it every evening I'm gonna work through that the errors that I made throughout the day concerning my character concerning my behavior now how do I change what's the reason I don't act without a cause I do something because it appeals to me in my context. Now, the question is, why did this appeal to me? Why did that seem like a good thing to me? For example, I got angry. What does that mean? It means that maybe I wanted to reassert myself. I felt small. I felt insecure. So I wanted to exercise my power. But is that the, the correct way to exercise my power? Maybe not. How do I fix it? Maybe I recall that the person that did the thing that made me angry had a motive. And the motive was what we would call positive and constructive. So consequently, there's no real grounds. It's impossible while I keep that at the forefront of my thought that the person did what he or she thought was good. It's impossible for me to then go and get angry and infuriated at this person. So we think like that. Maybe we mess up again. We write it down again. We think again and so forth and so on. We go through this process and slowly but surely we try to improve our character. Further on that note, we can take that which we already do and we can convert it to something that is truly benefiting us, meaning we can change the way that we think about it. For example, very many people do things such as uh, do things for their health. You know, I'm going to take some supplements. I'm going to work out. I'm going to try to keep my heart healthy. But if we ask uh, uh, the, the usual person, why do you do what you do? Why do you try to eat healthy? Why do you try to work out? What's the reason? Well, I want to live longer. I want to be healthier so I don't ha get sick, so I'm not in pain. I want to be able to enjoy my retirement. I want to be able to, um, uh, you know, enjoy my money. I saved a little bit up. I want to be able to go on vacation. I want to, th this kind of thing. Again, there's obviously, needless to say, nothing wrong with anything that we're not saying that, we're, but we're always shooting for the highest. So we would say that um, we can try to convert those motivations slowly but surely and try to do things for higher reasons. So for example, we can say, I want to be healthy uh, and I want to live longer so that I can do my duty in life, so that I can uh, use up my potential and contribute to the whole as much as possible so that I can develop myself as much as possible for whatever end that might be. And uh, that's what I need health for. I don't need health and life for its own sake, just so I can enjoy myself, just so that I can exercise my desires and do what I want. And I want to be able to, uh, to to live the lifestyle I want. So that's why I want the health and life and stuff like that. So I would say, no, we want to nullify all of that. We want to nullify the exercise of our desires in that way and to say, I only want life to, to do my duty, to do what's right. If, uh, uh, you know, if, if I had to choose between life and, uh, and, and corrupting myself, corrupting my character and my understandings, I would rather uh, choose death. That's That should be our mindset. It's very hard to make that real, but... Excuse me, just by beginning to think like that, we can try to slowly transition to higher motivations to where we're still doing everything that we're doing now. We again, we eat a healthy breakfast, hopefully. We hopefully we watch our sleep, hopefully, we watch our usage of substances and we work out and we 
um, do all these things. Skincare, we work on our skin. We, <laughs> we go to the spa sometimes. We get a massage. We do all these nice things for ourselves, but it wouldn't be for that lower creaturely self. You know, I'm self-caring. I want to take care of myself so I feel good, so I feel confident, so I feel beautiful, so I can fulfill my desires, all that. We're, we would hopefully transition to doing all of it, but for higher reasons. So again, so I can do something truly of worth as it concerns myself and others. So that's something we can do without changing too much anything external, but just what's going on inside, our, our motivations. What else do we have? Um, so yeah, that's probably also um, uh, number one is that attitude. Why do we do what we do? We can do very many uh, uh, things that are very quote unquote commonplace that, that, that don't seem on the face of it. To be very elevated or very much different than what our uh, buddies in the jungle, meaning the monkeys do and the pigs on the farm and the cows, we can do all of that and we have to do all of it, for example, eating and so forth. Uh, it's just if we change the motivation and we uh, tell ourselves, even if it's not initially entirely true, but we say, I want to or I want to want to do this for something higher. I want to eat so that I have strength, so that I can fulfill my duty in the world, not so that I can enjoy myself or so that I can go and, and do as I please. All right, so everything that we do, and consequently, we can then uh, transition to, to that state of mind, uh, whether we're just eating, we're sleeping, we're doing what we do after we eat, and we're drinking water. Everything that we do then is feeding into something higher to make something of our own self and uh, and, and contribute to, to those around us as well. So, um what else do we have? We can try to in incorporate uh, at least a little bit of some kind of uh, selfless service where we focus on the reality of those that we are serving, meaning we're not going to say, I want to feel less guilty, so I'm going to go and do some charity. I'm going to go to the soup kitchen and give soup because I, I, I don't want to think about all those other things that I did and how much I really hate people and how really uh, kind of uh, separated I feel from others. And now I'm going to compensate in this unconscious, visceral way and I'm going to donate to this ad that I saw on TV. Let's donate, you know, no problem. But well, here, as it concerns this kind of program, we would say that we have to do something like that with, with the correct, again, mindset. That, that's always the key with the correct mindset in mind, meaning we recognize the reality of somebody else. We say, I'm going to give this person soap at the soup kitchen because they really truly exist for their own sake. Their higher development would be a good in and of its own self. Now, if they're incapable of that kind of development, they still are capable of feeling pleasure and pain. And somehow my intuition tells me that that it relates back to, to something deeper and that, that pain should, if, if there's anything I can do to, to uh, reduce it, I, I will, right? Why not? But yeah, we don't want to also have the, the, the weak kind of mentality where we say that the highest charity is simply the reduction of suffering. We're going to calculate in some kind of utilitarian way from the 19th or whatever it was, 18th century, like they proposed, whereas the happiness versus the suffering. Okay, that's happiness. You take a bite of ice cream versus the suffering. You you get a, a, a shot and that hurts. That stings a little bit. Now we're going to balance it out. That's not really a a sensible model of the world. Now we're going to go rescue all of the ants that are in puddles because we think they might be suffering and that's going to be, and then what, right? What's the point? We would say the goal is always our highest uh, development, uh, both of individuals and as they come together in a collective, that's the highest charity and the highest good. If we can contribute to that, with that said, we grant the, the, the reality of everybody, even if they're not working on themselves, even if they're one of those people, like we said at the beginning, that are incapable seemingly of any kind of 
self-directed activity for, for, for their higher good. We, the, the, the people are still real. We hold out hope that until the end, there's some kind of potential, there's some kind of possibility for a real advancement of oneself. So consequently, with that mind, mindset in mind, we can go in here. We would then go and do some kind of selfless service. We would, uh, whether it's community service, whether it's the job that we're doing, but we're thinking, okay, yeah, I'm getting paid because I also want to be able to pay the bills. But my number one Priority is to serve the, the people that I'm already working with. So, for example, I'm a, a sanitation disposal engineer. I'm not going to say no to the paycheck because I need the money myself. But also, I'd say, you know, in theory, I want to get to a point where I could throw out people's trash uh, for free. Why? Because I care about other people. I want to do something for the whole. I want to contribute to something greater than myself, such as the upkeep of civilization. So consequently, I'm going to try to get to a point where I'm not even thinking of the paycheck. I'm throwing out this trash and I'm happy to do it for the sake of other people, for the sake of something higher and greater and bigger than myself. Or maybe, for example, where a salesperson, obviously, in our default state of mind, needless to say, the only thing that matters is uh, our feelings. I want to feel like I won. I want to meet the quotas so I don't feel like a bum compared to my coworkers. I want to feel like I won in each and every deal and transaction. That's totally normal and necessary at the beginning. But we can try to transition to thinking about the reality of each person that we deal with to where we can hopefully uh, try to do the sale without thinking at all of our self-interest, meaning maybe we're a car salesperson, so we're thinking, I want to uh, get a car for this person. I'm going to say, what do you do? Oh, you're a, you're a teacher. Wow. So you're in charge of educating uh, the, the youth. That's very important. And you need a car to get to work. You have a 30-minute commute every morning. Okay, amazing. What, what's your budget? Let me let me help you out. Let me get you the car that you can afford. Let me really try to get you a good deal, not just to use the tricks. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my boss now that uh, I'm gonna, this is the lowest price. Yada yada, right? These kind of things. But I'm gonna really do it. Why? Because I'm acknowledging your reality that's on par with my own. Not only my emotions are real. Not only my sense of victory is real and that brief uh, satisfaction I have when I think that I tricked you is real. That's real, but that's not the only real thing. You're also real. Your interests are also real. Your contribution to the whole is also real. And, and I'm going to do my job with that in mind. So we see we can, we don't even have to, we don't have time to, again, go to the soup kitchen or something. We don't. We don't necessarily have to. We can convert what we're already doing. And we're a salesperson, we're a teacher, we're a we're a clerk, we're a secretary, any sanitation disposal, anything we're doing, we can convert to selfless service. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to right away work. We're very selfish. We're very egotistical, the so say, very creaturely. That's necessary, normal, universal, absolutely. But we can work on that. It could take a couple years and hopefully we'll see some improvement. So there's some keys there. We have to continue to grow in our understanding of ourselves and of other people. We have to continue to evolve in our thought, in our maturity. We have to take the development that normally we spread out over a lifetime. We have to multiply it by hopefully a few million. And then we have to, to get it done within months and, and within years. Meaning we see if we were to take uh, the development of uh, a person that is not working on him or herself and has no desire to so do, which again is obviously irrespective of anything quantitative. Here's a, a person that has this uh, degree from the school. Here's a person who's rich. It's irrespective of that. It's a moral question. It's a, it's a different question. But we take a, a, a typical person like that and we take their entirety of their development that they have, say, from age 
20 to, let's say, optimistically, they live till age 100 for 80 years. That whole development, that development should be squeezed into a day. If we're productive, if we have the desire to, to really work on ourselves, never mind a day, potentially five minutes. Five minutes of really genuine, sincere, conscious, conscientious thought. Normally, we spread out over a lifetime. Five minutes of really critically looking at ourselves and our character traits we spread out over a lifetime. If that, maybe not even a second, maybe not even two seconds. Five minutes of really truly selflessly serving other people or even having a single selfless interaction in our life, even if we're simply checking out of the store saying thank you. We spread out over a lifetime. Maybe one day, you know, we're 90 years old and we had that one special moment of real selfless connection with somebody. So we spread it out over a whole lifetime. It's ridiculous. If we really uh, are about it. If we really want to succeed, we're going to compress all that and we're going to compress it into a minute. Again, what we usually to do over our whole life. Every minute goes by, it's like 100 years went by at our prior rate. So we can imagine a day goes by, it's, it's a different stratosphere. Another day, another week, another month, another year. So that's what we have to do. We have to compress the, the maturity and the growth of thought and, and understanding that normally we spread out so much, we have to really compress it and really get after it each and every day. So there's some ideas. There's obviously an endless amount more that we can do and ways we can think about these questions, but we can start here if we want and get going. Let's do it. Thank you for listening.